You're listening to a sermon from Pasco Vale Church of Christ. To hear more of our teaching or to find out about the church, please visit our website, pvcc.org.au. Good morning. A warm welcome to all of you and for those listening online and worshipping together with us today. If you are new among us, we welcome you and we hope you enjoy the fellowship as well. Now for the benefit of those who are just joining us or may have missed previous messages, we are back on the um, God's Plan for the World series, centered on, on the book of Luke. Two weeks ago, we asked ourselves, what do we do with the person Jesus? And then last week, Pastor Lou uh, spoke about faith among amidst opposition. And we hope that these messages have so far inspired you to walk closer with Jesus in 2023. Today's message is taken from Luke chapter 12, verses 13 34, and is titled Faith and Riches. If you have your Bibles, I strongly encourage you to turn with me to that passage and follow with me as we work through today's message. As always, before we begin, let us bow our heads and pray and ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to us the meanings of His Word and the Scripture and how we should apply it to our lives. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you've given to each and every one of us. Forgive us for not reading it enough, but help us, Lord, to understand and to receive your message today. We pray that our meditation of our hearts and the words that we speak be holy and acceptable to you today. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen. Now to the Chinese people in the room, for the benefit of the rest, it is translated as Happy Chinese New Year, wishing you prosperity and fortune and success in all your endeavors. Now today marks the first day of the Chinese Lunar New Year, and many families will be celebrating um, in many parts of Asia. You'll see many Chinese people like myself, you see dressed in red, um, and Today, the center stage of many celebrations is the hope of wealth, fortune, good health, and obviously the welcoming of the new year. Now this, uh, as you see on the screen there, is a red packet. Uh, and it's a tradition, tradition that older people give to their children or the younger generation a red packet, like this with some money in it. The big bold letters on that, on that red packet says, fool or fortune. It's a kind of a blessing for the young people. And many love Chinese New Year because they get a red packet from their parents and grandparents. I know I used to love receiving red packets when I was a child and a single man. It was a blessing of wealth, health, and abundance for the younger generation. Adele, my eldest daughter, came to me excitedly a few days ago and said to me, Dad, Chinese New Year is coming. How much are you going to give me in a red packet this year? I sneaked and I laughed. I don't blame her for asking because it's the one time in the year, one time in the year, that kids become instantly rich. <laughs> it's not that we do not give them pocket money to buy them good things, but it's the season that they get above and beyond what they usually get. Which brings me, brings us to this big question. Is being rich consistent with our faith. Can a Christian be both rich and yet faithful at the same time? 
Didn't Paul write in 1 Timothy verses 6.10, For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Now to help answer the question, we need to take a quick look into the Bible to see what examples the Bible actually tells us of this topic. Now Abraham's servant said about him in Genesis 24-35, says, The Lord has greatly blessed my master so that he has become rich and he has given him flocks and herds and silver and gold and servants and maids and camels and donkeys. Now Abraham, Isaac and Jacob were actually men of wealth. King Solomon was said to be the richest king in the world as a gift from God. In Luke chapter 8, verse 3, it records that rich women supported Jesus' ministry on earth. And when Jesus died on the cross for our sins, wealth and well-connected men asked for his body and buried it at their own expense. In Acts chapter 2, we also read how the early churches shared their resources, rich and poor, to take care of all. There are indeed a number of rich Christians that are recorded in the Bible. And whilst Paul said what he said in 1 Timothy, note that it is not money in itself that was evil. It was the love and the craving of money that is evil. It was a love for riches that superseded the love of God that is evil. Which leads us to the example we have read in the passages today. Now today's passages can be broken up into three integral parts. The first one is a heart that is focused on wealth. The second is a heart that is focused on lack. And last is a heart that is focused on God's kingdom. Now let's take a look at a heart focused on wealth. Now, in today's reading, we read that a man who called out from the crowd and said to him, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, estate disputes are never nice. Husbands against wives, parents against children, siblings against siblings, and even relatives against other relatives. Rather than time spent in mourning and celebration of the life of the person that has deceased, the distribution of estate ends up with a family feud and it ends up with bitterness in family relationships, some pretty nasty as well. Paul was right when he said that the love for money is the root of many evils. It is. Now for those of you who know me, I work as a property valuer as my full-time profession. And sadly, with the job, I've had to value some family estates in, my, in the process of doing my job. And in so doing, I've been told many stories of how families get torn apart because of the pursuit of money, more money from an estate or from a former spouse. There were some heart-wrenching and painful stories shared, and I feel really bad for some of these people. If you've been involved in a situation like this, you can probably understand what I mean. It's not a nice feeling. And it's not 
noise to be fighting over your mom or dad's or family's estate. It's so sad to see families torn apart over money. This we're talking about families here torn apart because of money or the crave for money. Now Jesus had no interest in being a judge or arbitrator over this dispute. And his response to the man was telling. This man's heart was not for love or justice. This man's heart was focused on one thing and one thing only. What he could get out of this estate. What wealth he could possess. Jesus did not come to this world to be the judge or arbitrator of how much wealth one may receive. He was on earth for a greater purpose, to restore all mankind to God and to give them something that moth and rust cannot destroy. He was here to demonstrate love to one another, not to fight over wealth and riches. You see, this man could only see what he possessed now or what he could possess by forcing his brother to distribute more of the estate to him. He was not concerned of the heart problem within, which is the love for money and earthly possession. Jesus said to the men, Take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. In simple words, don't be greedy. Friends, ask yourselves, are you chasing or perhaps holding to certain things so tight that you are not willing to let it go? Do you desire more and more that things which makes you feel secure? Whilst money is important for us to live in a circular world, it means nothing when we die. What we accumulate will not follow us into eternity. Friends, if there is something else other than God that is in your place, in your heart, and you put your security in, that, my friends, has become your idol and your God. Jesus wants us against being covetousness. Now, covetousness is defined as a strong desire for especially material possessions. Friends, there is no sin in being rich, as I explained earlier in the passage. But sin exists when our wealth becomes the center of our focus and not our God. To help us understand what he means, Jesus then told a parable. The land of a rich man produced plentifully, and he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones, and then I will store all my grain and my, and my goods. And I will say to myself, So, you have ample goods laid out for many years. Relax, eat, drink, be merry. Friends, most of us, I dare say, have enough. All we really need is a roof over our heads, food in our tummies, and reasonably good health, isn't it? God has provided enough for what we need. We are indeed blessed. Sometimes, 
we are even given more in abundance of what we need, like the man in the parable. However, to put our faith in our riches is foolish. Jesus tells us that we'll be a fool for this night. Your soul is required of you and your things you have prepared. Whose will they be? Friends, our lives are short. But we have an eternity ahead of us. Why are we focusing on things that are only temporary? Note the words in that is underlined in verses 16 to 19 on the, on the slide. The emphasis is on my crops, my barns, my grains, my goods, and my soul. It's all about me, 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 me. I possess these things. I made these things. It was my success that produced this wealth or this abundance. Friends, the man is a fool because he saw all this as his and not realizing that everything he has is actually from God. He's a fool because he saw all as his and forget that everything he has is from God. He's concerned about enjoying the life on earth in the here and now. But he forgets there is an eternity ahead of this life. He's a fool because he's keeping what God has given him for himself. He wasn't being generous and using it to benefit others. He hoarded God's blessings as his, as his and his alone to enjoy. Friends, ask yourself, what's my heart attitude to wealth and possessions? How do I feel about what I have? Is it mine or is it God's? Do I live only in the here and now? Focus on the enjoying my earthly life, or do I live with a focus for an eternity? Do I take what I have and save it for my own purposes, or do I use what God's given me for the benefit of others? Next, let us take a look at the heart which is focused on lack. Now Jesus addresses his disciples in Luke chapter 12, verse 22, and says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you eat, nor about your body, what you put on. The opposite of riches is obviously lack. It's a time when we have less than enough for what we need. It's stressful. It's worrying. You do not know when the next paycheck may arrive. You do not know if you have enough to pay your bills or put food on the table for your family or give good things to your children. It's hard not to be anxious. It's hard if we do not have enough, isn't it? But Jesus assures us, He is Jehovah Jireh, meaning God will provide. We only need to have faith. Just as Jesus provided the lamb for Abraham's sacrifice moments before the sacrifice, he assures us he will provide your needs 
and my needs. We should not have a hard focus on lack because God cares for everything and everyone, even the insignificant things. How much more does he care about you and me? How much does he care about us? He tells us to look at an example of the ravens. They neither sow nor reap, yet God feeds them. How much more value are you than birds? Or the lilies in the field who neither toil nor spin, yet God clothes them with such beauty, that which is alive in the field today and tomorrow thrown into the oven. Unlike ravens and the lilies, we are created in God's image. If he cares for the insignificant things of his creation, how much more, how much more does he care about you? Worrying about what we do not have is useless. Now, Cory Tamboom, a Dutch watchmaker and a later a Christian writer, wrote this. Worrying is carrying tomorrow's load with today's strength. Carrying two days at once. It is, it's moving tomorrow ahead of time. Worrying doesn't empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. It empties today of its strength. Now there is so much wisdom in her quote. And I guess she must have fully understood what the Bible verse in Matthew 6.27 writes. And which of you by being anxious can add a single hour to the span of his life? And verse 34, Therefore do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Friends, we need to have faith and we can trust in our Heavenly Father who loves us, cares for us, and provides for our needs, all our needs. Finally, friends, we have, let's have a look at the heart that's, sorry, in conclusion, we have looked at the heart that's focused on wealth. We have looked at the heart that's focused on lack. Now, let's like look at the heart focus on what God's kingdom is. Jesus tells us to instead seek his kingdom and these things will be added to you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Friends, we have an eternity ahead of us. Let us focus on things which have eternal value and not things which moth and rust can destroy. Yeah, sure, we can always get more and more, but if it destroys our soul, tears our family apart, causes others to stumble in their pursuit for Christ, what benefit is wealth to us? Therefore, Jesus encourages us to sell our possessions and give to the needy. Provide yourself with money bags that do not grow old, with treasures in heaven that do not, fall, do not fail, and no teeth approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Now friends, remember I mentioned to you earlier that the Chinese word for abundance, wealth and riches is full. This word sounds very close to what Jesus was saying, that pursuit for wealth and fortune is foolish. 
isn't it? Friends, I'm not suggesting that tomorrow we all go sell everything we have and live below the poverty line. What we ought to be focused on is our attitude towards our riches. It's our attitude towards our riches or our lack thereof. Friends, do not let your riches or abundance build in you a false sense of security, thinking that we can sit, eat, drink, and be merry. As a matter of fact, some of the richest people on earth are the most insecure and worried people in the world. Think about it. They worry that their assets get destroyed. They need security guards to protect them. They need to live a certain lifestyle. The fear of being robbed and deep down they're concerned that someone else may, may destroy the empire. There's no way to live. Some of the people who have less than that are living life to the fullest more than these people. Friends, being rich does not automatically mean we will be happy or have joy. Yeah, we may enjoy certain luxuries in life, but the enjoyment is short-lived. And then we want to chase for more after the next thing and the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it does not end. Our soul will forever not be satisfied by material things. Our soul will only be satisfied when we find Jesus and seek his kingdom. Only then, only then can we truly be happy and joyful, isn't it? Friends, our life is short compared to what is ahead of us. What we have is now is but a drop in the ocean. Therefore, let us acknowledge that whatever God has blessed us with is from Him and Him alone. And let us use the blessings to bless others. It could mean giving to the poor, like the message said, or funding a church outreach project, or maybe even sponsor a child from Compassion in here. Look at this statement below. It says 345 million people are going without food today. There's certainly more that we can do overseas. But what about in Passover Church, perhaps? Maybe it's to help fund a minister for pastoral care, for you and for those who need it, or to reach out to the people around Pascoville. That could be also another way to serve. If we have means, consider how we can use those means to bless others as Jesus has blessed you. Last but not least, if you lack, don't focus on the lack and stress yourself or worry. God loves you. And he will provide what we need. It may not be in the timing that we hope for, but the Lord's timing is never late. It's always just in time. Just as Abraham did. Friends, I hope the message today has spoken to you in some way, and I hope it has challenged you to think about the way we live and how we can be a blessing to others and to one another. It's not just about the money. It's also about your time, your talents. What are we doing with what God has blessed us with? Are we just hoarding it for ourselves? Or are we using it to benefit God's kingdom and to serve Him?
That's right. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We pray that you will challenge us and help us, Lord, to take a different attitude or a different heart to the things that we hold dear or we hold secure. Lord, all we have is yours, and help us to recognize that. Not because we have worked hard and deserve what we, deserve, what we got, but because by your grace and your mercy and your blessing we have received. Help us, dear Lord, to use your resources that you've given us to bless others as you have blessed us. Help us to use our resources to love one another and not fight and bicker over wealth and riches. Lord, help us, Lord, to be a blessing to one another and to the world so that the world may see and know that you're the one and true God. In Jesus' precious and holy name we pray. Amen.